Hello, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time. However you listen to this, thank you all for tuning in the Last Word Productions. Once again, I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word. I know I'm uploading a bit late, you know, in all honesty. We just woke up a little later than I expected to, but we nonetheless, the show must go on. And here we go. I'm going to get right into the NFL news, as you all know. You know, NFL, wildcard weekend. Who is going to advance to the divisionals? We've seen it. And I just want to talk about a few stories. For one, I want to start off with the Bills and the Colts. First of all, congratulations to the Bills. I mean, it's been, I believe, 25 years since they won the playoff game. And they the city needed it, man, in all honesty. Bills fans are very passionate and reliable in terms of their football teams and the support they show they can be a bit aggressive and you know overbearing but they they this is something they desperately wanted for years I they finally found the answer in quarterback in Josh Allen again you know they haven't had that kind of consistency since Kelly and all honesty Stephon Diggs has proven to be exactly what I thought he was when he was with the Vikings. He just didn't really receive the opportunities. He's legit. This is a legit number one, one of the best route runners in the league. Great separation consistently against any corner he lines up against. And I mean, he's, he's just a dog. There's, there's no other way to describe it. He's, he's one of the best in the league. He's Easily one of the best this season. He had a career year, led the league in receiving yards and catches. This guy's legit. And as even though their defense took a step back, they're still talented on that side. They got some really good secondary defenders. Tredavious White, an all-pro. Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, two really good safeties. And then they still got Josh Nova and Levi Levi Wallace, who I think they're Josh Norman's past his best days, but he's still serviceable. And Levi Wallace always thought was a bit I thought he wasn't like really insanely good, but I always thought he was solid. So he you can't you can't never have too many good corners, the solid corners. So they man, they, they got a good team now. They got the Ravens coming up. The Ravens, as you all know, Lamar just won his first playoff game in his career. It's gonna be hard for the it's gonna be hard for the Bills, man, because in all honesty, they're they're not good at defending the run. They haven't been in a long time. They haven't when I say a long time, I mean literally all season. They haven't been good at defending the run all season. The Colts exploited that a little bit. I mean, Jonathan Taylor didn't have a, a great game, but Naheem Hines took advantage of a lot of openings and missed tackles. And Jonathan Taylor, at times, he, he took advantage of some things, but it, it showed a lot, man. It showed that this team can't be beat on the running attack, with a running attack, I mean. And it also showed that they're vulnerable to tight ends. They they couldn't defend the tight end all day. I mean, Jack Doyle, Trey Burton, and I forgot the other dude name, number 81 for the Colts. But they they it seemed like they virtually could not be stopped the entire game. It was just 8, 5, 12, 10-yard catches from them. Every single play, they needed a critical third-down conversion or they needed a critical catch to 
swing momentum. Like they, they just couldn't stop the tight ends, man. And Mark Andrews is one of the better tight ends in this league. And if they have trouble defending him, who is Lamar's first read, majority of his snaps and dropbacks, it 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 could be a long day for the Bills. It really could. And so that's just a formula for disaster for them. They they're going up against a really good defense, two really good corners. So this is a path versus team in the Bills. So that could be a hindrance for them. And they're going against a run first team with a really good tight end. And th- that's where they struggled at the entire season. So it could wind up being a shootout. It could wind up being an ugly game. But I think the Bills have came this far. I don't think they're going to go out on a 30-20 point loss. Like I, I just don't see that happening, especially with that high-powered offense. So I just believe that these guys, they'll be competitive regardless of how it goes down. And they're going to find a way to make this a game. Now, getting over into the other games, as we all know, Kansas City had to buy. They have Cleveland coming in. Listen, the thing that the Steelers did, man, I think it's time for the conversation. A lot of, I was talking about this last night with some friends. I was talking about this last night with some friends, you know. I was talking mad mad nonsense because a lot I, I get heat from a lot of Steelers fans man, all the time, especially being the fact that I'm a Dolphins fan. You know, I got a podcast, I talk about them because they were the team they were eleven oh, you know. But they lost five of the last six. They lost two. They put, we had to put things in perspective, man. Mike Tomlin was outcoached by a coordinator who was down, I believe, six, five starters, maybe, I believe, six or five. Two linemen in the game went down, and they were missing that hit. Other position coach outside of the off the head coach. This was a gimme game. Cleveland is on the road. They're missing their entire secondary almost. They're missing linemen, and linemen were hurt and they got hurt during the game duration during the duration of the game, and they put up forty eight points. Was it? Was this not their number one scoring defense? Did they not have a 73-game streak of sacks? They had not won this game. I don't even think they had a single pressure. If they did have it, they had a, literally a single pressure. Like it was, it was just terrible. It was absolutely horrible. The Browns literally in practice for I believe two weeks. The facility was closed due to COVID. And they literally look like a more prepared team and more hungry team. To me, that shows, that just shows coaching discrepancies. Like, that shows coaching the difference between two coaches. Like, Mike Tomlin literally had the healthier roster. He had his full staff of coordinators and position coaches. And on top of that, his team is more talented. It's It's just what it is. They are. And he 
he couldn't put together a a home playoff win against a derailed Cleveland team who hasn't won a, a playoff game in nearly thirty years. It's time for the conversation. It's it's time. I know people don't want to have it because everyone likes Tomlin. Everyone wants to say that he's this. He's coach of the year. He's never had a losing seat. I get that. But you point me to the year where Tom, you could say Tomlin truly developed an okay or average team and made them really good or good. You can't. He's inherited talent since he's been in Pittsburgh. Talent comes to Pittsburgh because it's Pittsburgh. It's one of the most historical and accomplished franchises in the NFL. They will get people to come there strictly based off that fact. It's not because of him. It's not because of Big Ben. It's not because it's not even because of the talent there. It's because it garners that respect and attention as an organization. This is a team that has had historically great defenses and great offenses. They've had a quarterback the entire tenure that Mike Tomlin was there. And the lone Super Bowl win he has came from after a franchise was already built under Coyer. So the question has to be asked, man. Guys don't want to play for Tomlin. You see in that Olivion and Antonio Brown. He doesn't seem to have control of his locker room at times because you got dudes like, you got dudes dancing over the place. They, you got dudes on Twitter talking jazz to other people, retweeting stuff, calling the teams out. Like, at some point, the question has to be asked Is this guy the coach we made him out to be? Because right now, he's not. The player, the Steelers, they're underachieving yet again. They underachieve yet again, man. But moving on into the NFC, we got the third showdown between the Breeze and Brady. That should be a good one, man. I expect high-flying, big-time plays, big numbers put up. I expect guys to be A-1 from the first snap. It's going to be a competitive, highly competitive game. That game could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won, in all honesty. And after that, you got the Rams and you got Green Bay. Number one score offense led by Aaron Rodgers, who likely, more than likely, will win MVP. Going up against the number one defense in the Rams, who has a a monster of a man on the front seven in Aaron Donald and the best corner in the league in Jalen Ramsey. Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers. You pay to see these type of games, man. Some it's some good games in the NFC. I know that a lot of people say the NFC the better conference between the two, but these these some good games in the NFC. These some really good games, and they get honestly they both can swing either way. But right before we get into the NBA news, I want to discuss the bit of this Deshaun Watson talk that we've been seeing. Now, Deshaun Watson, as you all know, has been disgruntled and, you know, he's unhappy with the direction the team has been going in Texas. They were they informed him that they would be keeping him up to date about 
hirings, GMs, hirings, coaching hirings. And they didn't do that. When they hired the guy from New England, they didn't do it. They, he was in the form. They wanted he Deshaun Watson wanted to interview Eric Bellamy for the head coach position. They're not setting up an interview. So reports is coming out that he's you know he's disappointed, he's angry, frustrated, whatever you want to say, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I know guys want to say he's a player. Your job is to play. You know, go on the field and do your job. That's it. But when you're told something, and I don't care what you do in life, whether you're working at a grocery store, whether you're working for the government, whether you're a professional athlete, when you're told something by someone, you expect that to be it, regardless of what it is. If I tell you I'm going to give you $5, I'm going to pay you back your $5 that you gave me a week ago, and that in times come for you know to collect, and I don't give it to you, Regardless of the amount of money, regardless of what it was promised, you're going to feel as if my word and my tr- and your trust in me is going to be tarnished. It's going to go down. That's is that's been. Imagine that happening for your entire work career as a professional, where you've done nothing but give your all to an organization. That's the Sean Watson situation. Not only. Did he come into a situation that was literally falling apart right before him? Because Bill O'Brien is an idiot. Let's just be honest. He's an idiot. <laughs> like, there's nothing more to say. He's an idiot. He trades away his best player, that Deshaun, that who just so happened to be Deshaun Watson's best playmaker. He not only does he trade away his best player, he goes out and picks up a wash running back with a terrible contract. He loses his first his picks for the next two years while he was there for a left tackle, Larry Tussle, who is good. Don't get me wrong. But he's hurt half the time. And he cost you, uh, I believe, what, $20 million a season? I don't think you, you clearly didn't win that trade. You would have had a top three pick and you would have got a generational tackle in Penny Sue cheaper and healthier. But, you know, topic for another day. Deshaun Watson is clearly, clearly angry about the direction of his team. He's clearly not going to continue to deal with mediocrity when he's playing at an all-time level right now. Like, he's playing his best ball yet. This guy finished the season with 33 touchdowns, passing touchdowns out there, seven interceptions. That's almost a 5-to-1 interception ratio. He's He led the league in passing yards with over 4,800 yards. He, he was second in the league in QBR, and he was second in the league in completion percentage. This guy's balling. And he's doing it with who? Brandon Cooks, a guy who can't seem to stay on the team because it's inconsistent play. With He did it with Kenny Stills at one point, who was out on the street now. Will Fuller was suspended for the remainder of the year. And Kiki QT, who got bricks for hands. Like, he got sticks of butters on his hand. You can't catch. You can't hold on to the ball. He fumbles even when he catches the ball. So, I mean, what do you want him to do? And he's still going to there producing with this horrible, like, roster artillery of playmakers. And it amazes me that 
the Houston Texans have truly went from legitimate threats in their own division to bottom feeders. Like they're looking like they're going to be the bottom feeders of their division next year. If especially if Deshaun Watson leaves, I mean they might not win a single game if he leaves. Because I listen, I love Trevor Lawrence, I love Justin Fields, I think they're legit. I think Trey Lance will be. I think he will be legit with the proper coach, and I think Zach Wilson will be as well with the proper coach. I think all four guys have potential to be really good or great, but I don't think any of them are Deshaun Watson. Even when people argue this generational talent that Trevor Lawrence is, I don't watch film on Trevor. He's made a lot of questionable reads and throws and ball placements sometimes. It's it's not good all the time, it's especially not how most people make it seem like it's not. But I don't see any of these guys being Deshaun Watson, man. I don't. I don't think they're nearly as good as athletes as him. I don't think they have that charisma, it, that he has. And I've watched all these guys. But with that being said, I think his time in Houston is... On, is on the clock. I think it's running out. He just, I know he just signed an extension, but we've seen these days in all sports that these players are pushing the envelope to get their way and they're willing to go the extra mile to do so. And I think he is, man, because right now he seems like he's had enough. On to the NBA news, though. It's still early in the season, but. Christoph Porzingis is supposed to be making his debut tonight. You know, he's missed the entirety of the season thus far. But the the all-star caliber power forward should be making his debut tonight for the Mavs. And, you know, honestly, they need him. They need him badly, man. Oh, this, oh I just received the, the update that the Pelicans and Mavericks game is actually postponed. So he won't be making his debut tonight, unfortunately. But nonetheless, it's good news to hear that he's back. He's healthy. And I just hope he stays that way because, man, it seems like he can't catch a break. I mean, it's hard. Once you start piling up these leg injuries, man, as a seven-footer, it's, it seems like it's a never-ending. And I just hope that's not the case for him, man. He He's a fun player to watch. He's an extremely agile, athletic guy for a guy his size. I just want to. I just want to see him be great. I think he can be. I think he will be. He just you got to stay on the court. The best ability is availability. He just has to stay on the court. Just has to. And as far as these COVID cases have gone, they, they've already postponed three games in total, I believe, in the NBA. I know the Celtics and Heat game was postponed yesterday. Now the Pelicans and the Mavericks game has been postponed. And also the Celtics at Bulls was also called off today as well. Well, not today, but for tomorrow's day, tomorrow's game, I'm sorry. So already, I believe, what, nine, ten games in, where games are being postponed. Players, teams are down to seven, eight players. It's, it's looking bad. Hopefully, they don't have to do a whole bubble situation again because, I mean, it was cool and all, but I, I just feel bad for players that they had to stay in isolation like that for months 
without seeing their family or loved ones like that. That that would suck. I would hate to want to do that. But nonetheless, these guys are athletes. They're professionals. They are expected to, you know, be professionals. And they ultimately still have a choice to play or not. You know, I'm pretty sure if they do the bubble situation again, the NFL, not the NFL, the NBA will grant them the choice to make a decision whether or not they want to play or not. So it still would be optional to play. All right, we're going to get into the Q&As real fast. And I'm going to just... I'm going to start off with the long question that I do have. Some questions might start rolling in. But this first question comes from a good friend of mine named Demetrius Sims. Who's the best running back in the NFL right now? Uh, to me... I, despite the fact that he had a, a horrendous game, he only had 40 yards against the Ravens, it, it's, it still has to be Derrick Henry, man. I mean, I know he had a bad game. I know it wasn't impressive in any stretch of the imagination. I know, but this guy ran for over 2,000 yards, and I believe he had 17 total touchdowns. I mean, only one other guy put up 2K yards and 15-plus TDs in the season in NFL history at his position. And that's Terrell Davis, a Hall of Famer. This guy, Henry, Derrick Henry, is legit. Like, there's no other way around it. To me, I believe Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey are the better talents. I think they're the overall better running backs. But as far as who's the best right now, it has to be him. It has to. I mean, he's he's always there. He's consistent, durable. You give him 30, 40 carries in one week, he'll come back the next week, and he'll be able to carry it 30, 40 times again. I mean, he's a game record, man. He's just absolutely a monster, a mammoth of a man, monstrous, strong, athletic. He's a better receiving back that he's giving credit for. I'm, I'm not saying he's the best, but he's definitely not as bad as people make it out to be. I, I do I do wish he was a bit more aggressive sometimes with his size. He, he doesn't run as hard as I think he could. He has a lethal step for him, but I don't really see him like roll over guys or run through them at times. I, I don't see that out of him. I see that more so out of dudes like Nick Chubb and even David Montgomery for the Bears. I see them run with great pad level and great strength. They run behind their pads and their lower body. I don't really see that out of him sometimes. I, I wish he could run like a little bit more harder than he does, but I have no problem with his style. I understand he's he more than likely does it, you know, to avoid taking so many hits. He's already a bigger guy, so he's going to take hits regardless. So I, it's understandable. But right now, I think I think it still has to be Darren Henry, man. All right, this next question also comes from Demetrius Sims. What, who are the most underrated NFL and NBA teams to you? Mm. The most underrated NFL team, I'm gonna have to say. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a homer, but I'm, I'm gonna have to say the Miami Dolphins, and I say the Dolphins because I think 
the Dolphins are literally one playmaker, maybe two, on the offensive side of the way for being a 12 and 14. I I legitimately think that I don't that even when they add those two one or two playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, like a receiver, a running back. They still got other holes on the team that need to be addressed. I still think they need an edge rusher. I still think they need an inside linebacker. Maybe a safety. You know, offensive line help has never hurt anyone. But they're young. The line is young. Linebacker's young. Edge rusher's young. You know, they got guys who they could possibly develop and see what they got. Or if they don't, they got draft capital and they got cap room to go get somebody who can do it. So, this is a team that's definitely trending in the right direction under Brian Flores. He has his team clicking. They believe in the system they're playing in. They believe in him, which is a great thing. And they just, they just play for one another, man. They play hard every week. I know they got dismantled by the Bills that last week, which is, we're not going to talk about that because it was ugly, but I still think this is the most underrated team in the league. As far as the NBA go, right now I'm going to have to say the Hornets, man. I think the Hornets are one of the most sneaky, good offensive teams in the league because they can score. They got players that can score from all three levels. The Melo... Good passer, cause shoot, he's extending his range. His confidence is growing each and every game you see him play. You got going Hayward, a proven scoring bet, reached the career high with you all already. Beginning of the season, I believe it was forty-four points. He's playing well. He's living up to the contract, the max deal he was given. Terry Rozier is playing out his mind right now, and and. They, they just need more from Devontae Graham, man. And I like Devontae Graham. I think he's a, a really underrated shooter off the dribble spot up. I think I think he has a legitimate one of the best strokes in the game. I think his shot form is beautiful. So I, I'm not understanding why his shot just isn't falling. I, I don't know if it's because of lack of confidence. I don't know if it's because he know. He knows Lamelo is breathing down his neck for that starting role. I don't, I don't know what it is, but right now, man, he's 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 truly off his game. He's he's averaging, I believe, 11, 12 points per game right now. He's shooting under thirty percent from, I believe, from the field and from three. If not, he's just shooting above thirty from three. And he's he's just not playing like he did last year when he should have been arguably the most improved player of the year. He he's just not. I'm not seeing it. And like I said, I don't know if it's due to confidence. I don't know if it's due to the fact that Lamelo is right behind him. But it it isn't looking too well for him right now. And I truly truly hope that he finds his footing again because man, he was he was. Honestly, fun to watch last season, man. He really was. And like that, that's it for the questions. You know, thank you all for tuning in once again to the show. Be sure to like, subscribe to the channel. Be sure to follow me on Instagram to see my picks for games, to see my top performers from certain games. And also, if you're interested as well, I'm also on Facebook and I also sell merchandise. So, 
You can check all those things out by simply clicking on my profiles and following me, and I'll see y'all in the next one.